Hey friends, thanks so much for choosing to listen to this episode of Awaken the Extraordinary. Now, I know you're probably thinking, what is this? Halloween is over. This makes no sense. And I I get it, right? Like, you're kind of right. But if you continue listening, this intro, this will make sense. There's lots of things that scare us, right? But things that scare us aren't necessarily Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, that weird creature in those Saw movies. There's a lot that scares us that isn't, oh my gosh, run for your life, don't trip, and don't be a virgin. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff in this world that is scary that has nothing to do with that. So keep listening, and I promise this intro music, it's, it's going to make sense. You might hear my space heater in the background. It's a little chilly right now. Let's see. I'm going to pull up the weather. And in Stevensville, Montana, it's drizzling and it's 49, which is actually kind of warm considering, I don't know, like this morning, I think it was 19 and yesterday morning it was like 12. And when we took my son out for Halloween, it was low 20s when we were doing the inflatable costume race. And then it was even lower and it was freezing. It's definitely not an environment that's conducive to going around to houses and trick-or-treating. Not that there are an abundance of neighborhoods where we could do that here. San Diego was a totally different story. Anywho, I hope you had a great Halloween. I cannot believe it is November. Like, I remember when I was younger, people told me the older you got, the faster the years went. And as a youngin, I did not think they had any idea as to what they were talking about. And now, as someone who is approaching 46 in less than two months, I will be 46. They were right. The years just fly by. And I feel like as you get older, it's, it's kind of like that sentiment that people share about kids. Like the days are long, but the years are short. You know, I think about how painstakingly slow my weekdays are because I'm still doing a job that I don't love, but the years go by really quickly. Like the end of year. Oh, Hey, it's your annual performance review. Let's do a year in review. I swear those come around so quickly and I'm like, wait, I still have so much that I, I didn't get to on my, on my yearly objectives list, but whatever, this is just like our constant state or at least it is for me, but it's going by quickly. I think we're going to start seeing people's Christmas trees up in the windows and It's reminding me of like during COVID when things were just crazy and people just started putting up Christmas lights and decorations to bring some cheer to the world. And we were one of those houses. I had actually completely forgotten about it until right now. But we, you know, restrung our Christmas lights and put some of our Christmas inflatables up. And I really loved it um, because there's just a different vibe, there's just a different energy when you have just kind of all of that cozy decor and the music and the movies and you're baking and your house smells good and you, you know, want to be nicer to people. And I was telling somebody today, you know, looking at social media is just so disheartening, whether it's Palestine and Israel or it's Brittany and Justin or it's people posting sad memes about Matthew Perry and people getting upset about that. It's just like people are so angry, so short-tempered and are like just looking for a reason to lash out at someone else. And I admit, you know, I I have those moments Usually I want to lash out at my husband, 
but there's a reason for it. And, you know, what I told my son a few weeks ago, when we were talking about something that happened at school, I said, you know, there's, there's always a choice. Like we actually always have a choice in terms of how we respond. And so if that's true for us, then that means that that's true for other people too. And we don't always pause and respond. Like often we do react. And I think we are living in a world where reacting is far more common than actually responding. And in reacting, you don't really have an opportunity to look at your behavior and get curious about it, nor do I think, and this is just my opinion, nor do I think that people who have a tendency to react more often than they respond actually have a true desire to dig into themselves and find out like why they are just so on the edge. Like that's just become acceptable, normal behavior for them. I don't know if maybe they see other people lashing out at other people. So they think, well, this is just what everybody does. It's not what everybody does. It doesn't have to be what we choose to do. And we need more goodwill towards men or women. I I am fine with goodwill towards men. I am fine with that. But I know that there are people out there who want to be properly identified. So goodwill towards men, women, chipmunks, turtles, whatever. We just need more kindness and we need more compassion in the world. And I think that's why many of us love this time of year. You know, whether or not you actually celebrate Christmas, I think it's pretty well known that this is a time when people actually want to connect with other people. And this is not where I planned for this to go, but what's new, right? I will tell you kind of what is new is this episode is celebrating the second anniversary of the podcast being in existence. I dropped my very first episode on Halloween 2021. Why Halloween? Well, if you listen to the podcast, you probably know why. But I chose Halloween because I thought Halloween's a day for scary stuff. You know? Yes. Freddie, Jason, Michael, the guy from Saw. Like, yes, it is scary. It is a day for ghosts and witches and and weird things, dark things to, to be acceptable, at least for one day. And if it was a day of scary stuff, I thought, what better day to drop a podcast that I was totally freaked out about starting? What better day to drop that? And so that is why... I started with the Halloween intro music to just kind of have some fun with something that I was really freaked out to do. You know, I started the podcast because I have a lot to say about a lot of things. And I feel like my husband got tired of listening to me. And I realized just kind of in the scope of my day job that a lot of the conversations I was having with people weren't typical HR person types of conversations. You know, if I had to notify someone of a termination and the person wanted to talk, I would talk with them and we would talk about why this position wasn't a good fit and what they actually liked to do. In some of the coaching that I give to people who serve as managers, a lot of it is just really connecting with people at that basic human level, treating people the way that you would want to be treated, kind of coaching them on how to approach like certain hard topics and conversations. And I realized that so much of what I just like to do 
I actually do do in my job, but I don't want to be doing this job forever, but connecting with people and helping people connect with other people and really just be transparent and open and communicative. Those are the things that I really value. And also just creating a space where someone feels comfortable sharing their thoughts and their concerns and their feelings, knowing that they're not going to be judged or condemned or canceled because their thoughts or feelings might differ from what someone else thinks or what someone else thinks that they should be feeling. And I thought a good way to reach more people was to do a podcast. And then I was freaked out about the podcast. So I started my Instagram account and then someone asked me, Oh, when are you starting your podcast? And I just like looked up at the calendar and I was like, Oh, October 31st. It's like three weeks away. I knew nothing about starting a podcast. I knew nothing about having a hosting platform. I knew nothing about how to edit it. I knew nothing about how to add some production value to it. I know there's a lot that I still don't know about it in terms of like promoting it and getting more listeners. But the fact that I figured some of this stuff out on my own and I'm continuing to show up two years later when I was totally freaked out to do it, I'm proud of myself. And and in saying that, like, I don't feel arrogant. I think we need to be proud of ourselves more often. And I think we need to give ourselves permission to just be proud of ourselves. And I think it's kind of frowned upon in our society. And I feel like that needs to change. You know, maybe it's my generation, you know, I'm tail end of generation X. So, you know, I, I think many of our parents, um, you know, downplayed our achievements or our gifts because they didn't want us to come across as arrogant. Because if we came across as arrogant, then people might not like us or people might question our parents and their parenting tactics. I feel like as the generations go on, there are plenty of people that I see now that are quite proud of themselves for things that I don't know that I would be proud of myself for. Difference of perspective maybe values, morals. I don't know, maybe that too, but I'm proud of myself for being consistent and still being here for two years. And, you know, I've heard that, you know, most podcasts, if you're not like some well-known person last seven episodes, because it usually takes a while to get some traction and, out of all of the podcasts that are out there, not even half of them are hosted by women. So I'm glad that I've lasted longer than seven episodes. And I'm glad that I'm a woman podcasting. I, as I said, have a lot to say, and I'm so grateful for the people who choose to listen. It really does mean a lot to me. And I always hope that I help people in some way that I encourage them. I make them laugh, like whatever you need. I hope that I'm able to fulfill that in some capacity by what I share with you. And, you know, as I said earlier, we're often running around scared and it's not just of like these fictional characters that are chasing after us, but we're scared to show up as, you know, if you want to get into the new age woo woo language, like as our authentic selves, you know, we are afraid of being judged and criticized and canceled. And that sucks. That sucks because then that means like, who you're showing up as isn't even like you. It's somebody else. You know, if you are always having to like censor yourself or you're keeping your opinions to yourself, I think you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing a disservice to other people. One of the things that I really try 
to be in this podcast is me. So if you were to see me at one of the coffee shops I frequent here, or I don't know, a Target, (laughs) and you were like, hey, I listened to that podcast episode about blah, blah, blah. I'd really like to talk to you more about it. And we sat down and we had some coffee. The conversation that you were going to have with me there is going to be probably quite similar to what you were hearing on the podcast. I don't pretend to be something that I'm not. And I hope that that encourages other people to be authentic and talk about the things that are on your heart, whether you think people want to hear them or your entire audience wants to hear them. Somebody does. It's going to resonate with someone. And I feel like the more often we are honest with ourselves about who we are and really kind of make a promise to ourselves that we are going to be authentic, that that's something that's really important to us. I feel like you're inspiring other people to be the same when you're not worried about being judged or criticized or canceled because of something that you say. It's really like empowering and you know, as I'm, as I'm speaking, I'm thinking about, you know, some of the episodes where I have had hesitation in publishing them because I'm like, I don't know how this is going to be received. I I'm hoping that I articulate myself well enough so that someone understands that, you know, I may not be coming from like a malicious place. These are just my thoughts and this is how I feel, but there's always that risk. Like, Anytime you put yourself out there with anything, like there's always a risk that you're going to be misunderstood and you can have the best of intentions and someone is likely going to misunderstand you, but it's also, it could be like what you say or how you approach something, but I feel like it's also very much affected by the lens through which someone actually wants to see you. And I'm thinking of kind of, not kind of, I'm thinking of like my family in this regard, because I am who I am. And regardless of what I do, there are certain people who just choose to see me as the bad guy. Even if I do something nice, they're going to see me as a bad guy. It's going, they're going to pick and choose things that support their story of me being the villain. So I think that that's, that's a risk you take, right? Like when you choose to show up as your authentic self, knowing that you're not going to be from for everybody there are going to people there are going to be people who maybe are annoyed at the fact that like you can't clearly articulate a sentence sometimes there are going to be people that just don't feel the same way about something and because you don't share the same perspective they're just done with you there are going to be those people who talk crap about you regardless of what you do And it doesn't mean that you should stop being you. It just means maybe you just don't give those people access to your life at all or in that same capacity. And, you know, something else that I think we're scared of is trying new things, like putting ourselves out there. I think a lot of us are afraid to fail. And I had a therapy session years ago with, uh, with a therapist, (laughs) duh, right. And she mentioned something interesting to me. So it's like, I had actually gotten pretty accustomed to, to failing, to not, I don't even want to say failing. It was more, 
I had gotten used to saying I was going to do something and not following through. So therefore I failed, but I didn't really fail in the sense that I tried and didn't achieve something. It was that I didn't even try. And so there was like that fear of failure there. Like, how am I going to feel if I try something and I don't achieve it? Like if I say I want to do this, like let's say I audition for a school play or something. What if I audition and I don't make it? Like that's not going to feel good. And I automatically assume that I'm not going to make it. So then because I have this fear of failure, I then have like a fear of even trying. But there was something Oh, it was, uh, what was it? So there was a radio station in San Diego and this was many moons ago. I'm turning up my heater. It's a little chilly. Uh, but there was a radio station in San Diego back when radio stations were a really big deal. And they were having like a guest DJ contest for a day. And I thought it would be really fun. I mean, very similar to what I'm doing here. And because you had like the morning talk shows, you know? And in San Diego at the time, like Jeff and Jer was super, super popular. And so they had this contest and I told my therapist, I said, I really, I really think I would be good at this. You know, I'm passionate about music. I listen to this morning show all the time. I think I have a really good personality. I'm, I don't feel like I'm boring. I feel like I would be really good for this. And I said, but. I haven't like gotten around to doing the tape yet, like to send in my tape. And so we talked about that a lot. And I was just like, well, like, what if I don't make it, you know, like then I'll feel stupid. Like, why did I even think I was good enough? And she was like, have you ever thought about like, what if I succeed? She said, you know, like we always talk about like the fear of failure But have you ever thought like consciously, what if I try this? Like, what if I apply for this and I succeed? Like, I get what I want. She's like, then what would you do? And I said, well, I guess, you know, in this example, I would go and do the show and be really nervous and. But yeah, I don't know. And she was like, I don't think you know what to do with the idea of succeeding at something because you always convince yourself that you're going to fail and to avoid the discomfort that might come with not succeeding at something that you want, you just don't try. But What if you actually realize that you kind of have a fear of succeeding at something because you don't know what that looks like and you don't know what that feels like. You're comfortable with not achieving something because you don't often don't try. You don't push yourself. So you know what that feels like, that disappointment and all of that. That's really familiar to you. But the thought of succeeding at something, that's scary because you don't really know what that feels like. And I just sat there and I was like, whoa, it's pretty crazy. And she was right. You know, as a kid, there were things that I did that were scary for me as a kid, but somehow I was okay with putting myself out there as a kid. I feel like it's kind of once I became like this awkward, like 12 year old girl that was bigger than all the other girls had developed before the other girls, like had to wear glasses, had braces, had really broken out skin that just got worse when I developed cystic acne. I didn't want any attention on me. Even though like 
I feel like my, my personality, I am a performer to some degree. I like to have fun. I feel like I'm really joyful and bubbly around the right people, around the people that I feel comfortable with. There's an aspect of my personality. I feel like it kind of gravitates towards the spotlight. But when I got to that stage in my life, I just didn't like how I looked. I wasn't like sophisticated, like a lot of the girls my age. I wasn't into a lot of the same things. And then a couple of years later, I had some really terrible things happen in my life that I feel like kind of put me in a place where all I wanted to do was hide. And at times like not even exist because that seemed easier than existing with all of this stuff that I was carrying on top of feeling awkward and feeling hideous. And so it was like trying to find that courage that I had when I was a kid. And, you know, as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about my son And how I always try to encourage him to do new things. I never try to persuade him to do something or not do something because of how other people will perceive him. So so here's an example. I'm I'm sure of this podcast uh, recording is still around. When he's older, he will love this. But a few years ago, he started eating his boogers. My kids started eating his boogers. (laughs) Not to say I've never seen kids eat their boogers before. I've heard it's more of a boy thing than a girl thing. I don't know if that's true. I just know I did not eat my boogers. According to my husband, he ate his boogers. (laughs) So it's just something that's gross. And I don't understand the appeal. Like, I I don't get it. I I just don't understand. And so I had told my mom a few years ago that, you know, Milo was eating his boogers and like, I was just like, I don't know what to do to break him of this habit because it's, it's a habit. You know, I'm like, dude, there's seriously a tissue right here, you know? And he'd be like, sorry, sorry. And I, I would say, You don't need to apologize. I don't need you to apologize for eating your boogers. It's just gross. Okay. It's just, it's just a gross habit. And I don't understand why, you know? And so I had mentioned that to my mom and she was like, oh, well, you know, you better, you better break that habit really fast because kids are going to laugh at him and make fun of him. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's. That might be true if other kids are not eating their boogers and they see him eating his boogers. Yeah, they very well might make fun of him and tease him. And that in and of itself may be enough for him to stop. But my heart kind of breaks at the thought of my son just being made fun of. And how I approached it with him and how I still approach it, like, literally, even as of this morning is like, dude, why do you do that? Like, try to understand why he, he doesn't know. And I told him, I said, it's just, it's gross. Like, I guess I don't need to give you breakfast because you're basically self-sustaining now. Like you're just, you're feeding yourself off of stuff that you're getting from places in your body. (laughs) So I don't need to give you breakfast, right? Like I don't need, we don't need to make you oatmeal or anything, but I never tell him, well, kids are going to make fun of you. Like you don't want kids to laugh at you, right? Like you're doing this. Like 
you don't want kids to laugh at you because I don't want his behavior to be dictated by what someone else might do. I understand that that still might be the end result, but I don't want to communicate that to him because that is against everything that I am trying to teach him, which is you do what makes you happy without being concerned about what other people think about it. Now, of course, there are things that, you know, you want to torture an animal or something along. No, like that's, that's a terrible thing to do. But you know, if like eating your boogers makes you happy, I think it's gross. Someone else is going to tell him it's gross. I don't need to tell him that someone else is going to think it's gross. I tell him, I think it's gross and that's fine. But I don't want to like make him feel badly about how people might respond. And I, I hope it's like working with him. I do understand my mom's guidance, I guess, for lack of a better term. But to me, like what I am trying to teach him is you do you, you do you, and you don't need approval. You don't need validation from anyone else. You want to wear clothes that don't match, but that makes you happy. Like in my mind, they do not match, but you want to wear clothes that other people might think are strange, but you love them. Like it makes you happy. Then do that. Don't pay any attention to what other people think because I want him to be comfortable with himself. So with this, I try to encourage him to not do what he's doing because it's just a gross habit. There aren't other people doing that. Like I don't eat my boogers. Dad doesn't eat his boogers. And I know that like, if someone laughs at him at school, like that's going to have to be something that he deals with, but I don't want to use that as like an incentive, like kids laughing at you, kids making fun of you. Like, I don't want to use that as an incentive for him to stop the behavior because I feel like it's trying to like kind of scare him or make him feel embarrassed about something like stuff's going to happen regardless of what I say. So what I can do is just say, Hey, this, this is kind of a gross habit. Like people don't do this. This is why we have tissues and, you know, people may respond strongly to this. What I can do is I can be there for him. If that happens, he's told me he doesn't do this outside of the house. Who knew I would talk to you for five minutes about my kid eating burgers, but I'm mentioning this because we are always so concerned with how people are going to perceive us that we either do things or we don't do certain things that aren't in alignment with like who we are and what makes us happy. And maybe this was a really strange example and I'm okay with that too, but I don't ever want to discourage someone from doing something that they're going to do that they want to do because of what other people might think. Again, like if it's like something horrific and evil, that's a completely different story. You know, if someone has like a, a nervous tick or they have like an OCD behavior, like I never want to, I would never say like, dude, people are going to think you're weird if you're like checking the lock 10 times before you leave the house. I would never say that. I would try to understand like what is causing that behavior and then just kind of letting things ride and see how things unfold and then be there for the person if something happens. So that's what I'm trying to do with my son, because I think we place way too much value on what other people think. Just like, you know, if he burps or farts, like I do want him to say, excuse me, but I don't want it to be a big deal to him. Like I don't make fun of him. Like I don't tease him. Like we might go like, Oh, that's stinky. But I don't try to embarrass him because I don't want him to feel embarrassed. Like it's, those are normal bodily bodily functions. And I also don't want him to tease other kids 
when that happens, because like, you know, like stuff slips out sometimes and I don't want him to be the kid, like giving another kid a hard time because oops, like a fart accidentally slipped out or someone accidentally burped and didn't know it was coming. You know, I never thought that this is the direction that the episode would, would take, but it's okay. So again, it's just really kind of being scared about being yourself, placing too much emphasis on what other people think and how people might perceive you. And I just, I just want to encourage you to be brave. I want to encourage you to be comfortable with who you are and what you stand for. And I want you to feel comfortable taking chances. Like I want you to find that kid, that kid that just didn't have any qualms about anything. That kid that I'm trying to like raise my child to be, or that I'm encouraging my child to be is just someone who is just comfortable with himself. And I think that's kind of where I was going with that, but someone who is just comfortable with himself because I kind of was, but then I also like heard and saw my mom speaking really poorly about herself. And so a lot of that just kind of like by osmosis just transferred to me. And so to me, having courage, a lot of that is about being comfortable, like knowing who you are, being comfortable with who you are, knowing that you're going to make mistakes, knowing that people aren't going to like or agree with everything you do, knowing that people are going to make fun of you for the things that you find joy in. And as long as you have a strong foundation and are comfortable with yourself, like none of that is really going to impact you. That's, that's my thought. And, you know, I wanted to kind of celebrate the second anniversary of this podcast by telling you to stop letting fear dictate your life. You know, I think a lot of us did that when COVID first came about, like none of us knew anything about it. And for a long time, we didn't see our friends. We didn't see our family. We avoided gatherings. Even when people started gathering again, because we were afraid and I get it to a point, but then for me, when I let fear dictate how I live, am I really living? And I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a question that I think is going to have a lot of different responses depending on who you are. And I think what, what lens you view the world through. I think there's a difference between like being cautious, being mindful of how you approach things, being smart about how you approach things and just being scared and not even trying. Being scared to show up as who you really are because Maybe your family won't accept you. Maybe your friends won't accept you. Maybe you feel like society as a whole is not going to accept you. And, you know, I I think we live, it feels like we live in a very inclusive world. But the irony is how alone I think a lot of people feel, how isolated people feel. And for me, what I see is a lot of people who are scared, who are hurt, who lack the courage to either dig inside themselves and find out why they're feeling the way that they are, why they're doing the things that they're doing or not doing the things that they're not doing. They lack that courage or they are just so concerned with how they are going to be perceived by other people that they just show up the way that they think other people want them to show up they'll be liked, they'll be accepted. But for me, like, if you're not liked and accepted for who you truly are, then you're not truly liked and accepted. It's one of the things that I, I always thought about when 
you know, people would start dating and they would pretend to like certain things that the other person liked, or they would just present a completely different version of themselves to this person because they wanted them to accept them. They wanted them to love them. And I always thought that that was like such BS because I felt like that was so unfair to the other person. And it was also really unfair to them because I think we all deserve to be loved and accepted for who we are. And when we aren't who we truly are, we're doing ourselves a disservice. And I think it takes a lot of courage to show up and be comfortable with who you are. And, you know, I still struggle with that often, you know, I, I still have concerns about how my dad perceives me after everything that happened with my sister in May, but I know who I am and I know what my intentions are. And I also know how to engage in a conversation not to kind of justify myself, but just like if someone was curious and wanted to know why I did something or why I said something, I know what I would say and it would be true. And I know that if someone didn't accept that or someone didn't like it, it doesn't mean that I'm bad. It doesn't mean that I'm the person that they made me out to be in their minds. It just means they don't understand me and maybe they just don't have the emotional capacity to. And so like, that's something that I think about, honestly, a a lot. Like if I message my dad or something and I don't hear from him for a while, I'm like, oh gosh, like, is he upset with me about something? Even though I feel like he couldn't have done anything and it's a crappy feeling, but what always gives me reassurance is like, I act with integrity. And if someone doesn't like what I do or, or say, I know that I'm coming from a well-intentioned place and ultimately that's what matters to me because people can misunderstand me all the time, just like people can misunderstand you. But if they don't make any effort to understand, then they truly don't want to understand. And so that's why I'm encouraging you just show up in a way that's authentic to who you are. If you're scared to do something, figure out why and figure out that like, If you fail, like it doesn't mean anything about you. You know, like I told my son, we were doing something and he, oh, I think it was the, the race that we did the obstacle course race. And he was, he was very convinced that he was going to finish first. And so I was trying to set a realistic expectation. Like, that's great, buddy. The purpose of these races is to just have fun. And If you win, great. And if you don't win, that's okay too, because most of the people that participate in these things, they they don't win. If your goal is to win, you might fail. But if your goal is to win and you fail, then you just really kind of have an opportunity to figure out what you can do better the next time. If your goal is to win, not winning will help identify the areas where you need to improve. That's all it is. And most people fail at things and then they tweak things and they try again. Like I want, I want my son to get comfortable with failure, but not so comfortable that he stops trying. I just want him to understand that failing doesn't mean anything about him. It's just a part of life. It's something we have to work through. And the more you try at things, the more you're going to fail because the more opportunities there are to fail. And I don't want him to be scared of failing because if he's scared of failing, then he's not going to try anything. But I also want to encourage success. I also want him to know like that is a possibility, but success is never a possibility if you don't even try. And if you succeed, then yeah, you might be like, hey, well, where do I go from here? I don't know. That's what you got to figure out, but that's kind of the fun. You know what it's like when you don't try, you know what it's like when you don't have the courage to speak up for yourself or try something new. Like, you know what that's like. 
failure is comfortable for a lot of us. And I think that's great. But I also think a lot of us are comfortable with failure because we don't even try. Like we talk ourselves out of it. We need to be comfortable with failing when we try. And then if we actually succeed, we need to get comfortable with how that feels too, because I feel like that will actually position us for greater success and more success going forward. And it's not necessarily success in terms of like business or, you know, some other lofty goal. I think success can be having hard conversations with people. Success can be sharing something about yourself with people that you're kind of embarrassed to share because you're afraid that people might make fun of you. You know, I have like no shame, no embarrassment in the fact that I love Hallmark movies, the fact that I love NSYNC. I love High School Musical 3. I have no embarrassment over that because it makes me happy. But there are people that I have known in my life that don't want to share those things with people because they don't want to be teased. They don't want to be made fun of. And they're scared. If someone wants to know me, they need to know all of me. And I want to know that about the people that I'm friends with, that I have in my life. If you trust me enough to allow me in your life as a friend, like I want you to feel comfortable trusting me with like your true self. And I feel like you owe that to yourself to not be afraid to be who you are, to not be afraid to take risks. And if you fail, know that it doesn't mean anything about you. I don't want you to be afraid to try for something that you think is unattainable because just what if, what if it actually happens for you? What if you get that promotion? What if you open that business? What if you have that hard conversation and everything goes the way that you hoped it would go or it goes even better? Like that bolsters your confidence. We live our life afraid of what might happen, what people might say. So much of our lives is dictated by fear, I think. From what I know of myself, what I've seen in others, And what if we stopped living that way? What if we started having more faith and we gave ourselves grace and we gave other people grace and we had courage. We had courage to look at ourselves. We had the courage to assess our lives. And if we are at where we want to be at, if we're doing what we want to do and trust me, like, as I'm saying this, I'm absolutely thinking of myself. As I was talking about the podcast and how long it took me to launch it, I'm thinking of my business here and I've had this space for a year. I have the rooms painted. I have a couple pieces of furniture. I don't have anything else. And it's like we we reach like a sticking point where it's like we pu- we push ourselves to a certain point and then we feel like we can't push ourselves any further. And there's, I feel like there's a fear there. There's a block there. And I feel like for me, it's like, there's two things. Like I have this in my mind of what it's going to look like. And what if it doesn't pan out the way that I hope? And then there's the other piece that's like, what if I actually am onto something with this? And the dreams that I have of making millions of dollars and being able to quit my job and provide a space for people who just need a break. What if that takes off and I start living a life that's beyond anything that I could have ever imagined? What, what would I do with that? And in this particular situation, I think it's the fear of success. I have a fear of failure, disappointment. I know how to deal with that. The fear of something succeeding, even remotely close to what I have in my mind, that's kind of what's freaking me out. And I think that's what my block is. And for my podcast, it it was the fear of putting myself out there, of putting my voice out there, And no one listening, 
or people listening and hating it. I also had these lofty visions of this podcast, like taking off and it has, but honestly, like not the way I'd hoped. And I had to get okay with that. And so I really encourage you to look at the ways that fear is showing up in your life. Look at the ways that you are letting fear dictate the person that you are, the things that you're doing, the things that you're not doing and tell yourself you deserve better. You don't need to live in fear. You're going to be okay. Regardless of what happens, regardless of who likes you or who doesn't like you, regardless of what you achieve or, or you don't achieve. None of that really matters when it comes to your value and your worth as a person. But I think the more chances that you take, again, whether it's having a hard conversation, whether it's deciding to run a marathon, whether it's opening up your own business or shutting everything down and moving to an entirely new country just because maybe you were inspired by a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Take a chance. Sing that ABBA song to yourself. Take a chance on me. You deserve it. Leave the scary stuff for Halloween. Leave the fear for all the fun, spooky stuff at Halloween. If I hadn't started my Instagram, if I hadn't started the podcast, I wouldn't have connected with so many amazing people. You deserve to truly live your life. I don't think allowing fear to have VIP seating in your life is going to make things any better. I don't think it's the way to live. So I'd love to know what you have decided to not be scared by any longer. I'd also love to know what you thought of the episode. So you can let me know all of this and maybe more by sending an email to me, Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I at awakentheextraordinary.com. You can send me a DM at it's actually Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I on Instagram. If you found this inspiring, please share it with a friend. If you didn't find it inspiring, maybe find another episode that you would like to share with a friend. If you do share this in your stories on Instagram, be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you. If you listen to the podcast and like it, or maybe even love it, I would love for you to follow, subscribe, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much, my friend, for listening. I appreciate you so very, 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 very much. Stay kind, stay compassionate, and stay curious with yourself and others, and maybe even be a little courageous, and I'll talk with you soon.